And welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, the host of Father Seekers Podcast. And joining me, as always, is Pastor Barry Edgman. Pastor Barry Edgman, how are you doing, sir? Hey, buddy. Good. Like, uh, today's a good day. A real, well, every day's a good, a good day above above ground. I've heard some old old heads say, but every day's really a good day. Yeah. I mean, it is what you make it. So we're, we were just talking before the podcast started about, uh, about a weight loss journey that you've been on. Yeah. For the better part of what two months three months no it's been about four and a half months now four and a half months yeah been, ah, i suppose when you started that it was it was snowy out uh it was just before that season started yeah yeah it was back in october-ish yeah 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 so uh where are you at right now i mean it because it, i think we the show talks a lot on mental health mm-hmm. and uh spiritual health but physical health is a component that I don't think that we talk about nearly enough. So uh, we have a few minutes to to what you say intro the intro the episode. Tell me about your physical health. So I, you know, uh, everybody that knows me knows that I had a a kidney transplant about five years ago because uh, my kidneys failed. It was a genetic thing with my dad, and that was passed on. Um, and then uh, did really well, still doing well. Numbers are good, but I noticed that. You know, there was a season that's where, you know, I transitioned into from ministry into the fall and then out of it. And um, with that, uh, I gained a little bit more weight back. So I had to lose that weight. So I gained up to about 270 pounds. And then um, I got on this plan. For me, it was. It was, I noticed that a lot of my friends, my, my pastor friends who pastors are notoriously heavy, most of them. Why is that? Uh, I think emotional health. Uh, everybody, I've always heard that everybody's an alcoholic. You just got, you, you have to figure out what your alcohol is. Yeah, sure. And for some pastors, it's food. For me, it was food. Um, some pastors, it's different things as we've heard the last few weeks here, but Anyway, I got on this path. I got on this thing. I called one of my friends who uh, was was on this plan, had lost lots of weight, and he kept it off. And he was a pastor uh, of several campuses um, in Miami. And he, he said, this is what I did. This is how I did it. And I said, well, I need you to be my coach. I need you to help me. And he did, and I started at 270, and I'm down to 219 now. That's really good. <clears throat> and I've got 20 more to go. So, and, and what that did for me emotionally is that as I went through Journey to Wholeness here and went through the pastoral restoration program here at Life Church Green Bay, lifechurchgreenbay.com, <laughs> um, the Exchange Collaborative, go there, look at that. Uh, as I went through all that and, and transitioned through that, I began to see that my mental health changed, my emotional health changed, but then I began to look, I was able to see clearly my physical health because for me, when my emotional health and my mental health were twisted up a little bit, I, I didn't see well my physical body. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah. you, you don't, you don't see things well. And when I, when I began to get better mentally and emotionally and spiritually, I began to notice that my body's out of whack. And I, I've got this amazing gift my sister gave me, and and I'm to steward that well. So I got on this weight uh, weight loss journey with the health plan. It's, it's Optavia Health Plan, and uh, one of the things 
about diets. Diets never worked for me because I would I would get on there and lose weight and then gain it back. But when I got on this health plan, like it's helped me not only rethink what I eat, how I eat, when I eat, but what's appropriate and why, you know, why in the past I would just eat all sorts of comfort food, but now it's not, no, I need to practice this plan mm-hmm. to stay healthy. And, um, it's been very successful for me and, and a lot of my friends are on it and we're all doing good. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's visually, like it's visually evident that it's working for you. And with, a. It's like a it's like a car. If the engine's really really good, like mm. we're trying to build our spiritual engines to be well built machines. Um, but if the body is rusting and falling apart, uh, then you know it's it's not a as good of a performing vehicle as it could. You know, yeah. so our outside we need to pay attention to uh, being healthy on the outside too. You know, I you know a lot of people have talked about. Um, uh, not being able to lose weight and keep it off. But part of that, honestly, is the emotional part and the spiritual yeah, part of it. That makes sense. I mean, we've had a lot of discussion mm-hmm. about that off mic. And I think I think as we as we get real with what's going on in life, we have to acknowledge that um, men, women, but men seek out things to fill the fill the fill the emotional sure. spiritual gap. Yeah. And and a lot of it I stood in the mirror one day and I just felt like God said to me, um, your, your, uh, outward appearance is a picture of your emotional and spiritual health. Mm. So it's like, mm. yeah. So I took, I took the order and I jumped on it and, you know, I'm still on that journey and I will be for the rest of my life being, staying on plan, working through it, mm-hmm. staying with the plan. Um, and it's working. Well, I'm a diabetic, so I mean, my my life, my entire life has been eat a good diet, exercise as much as you can, um, and you know, safe exercising because to keep my blood sugar at a level that's maintainable because I'm insulin dependent. Um, so I I completely understand it. Like days when I don't work out, I feel I don't have as much energy. I, uh, if I, if I come, if I have too many of those days in a row, mm-hmm. then I absolutely, mm-hmm. my emotional, uh, uh, my emotional level starts to suffer too. I, f- I feel better when I, when I work out, I feel better when I'm doing things that are healthy for me. It's just a, it's a way of life that I, I live by because, uh, while I grow spiritually, um, I still need to like maintain every other form mm-hmm. of healthiness inside yeah. of me. Yeah. You know, Keith, that that's a tremendous point right there. That what you just said, because uh one of the things that staying on this health plan has done for me is helped me stay on a, a, a rhythm, a schedule. And like if I don't if I don't stay on that schedule, like up at five, yeah, doing your deal, like you got your rhythm, I've got mine, mm-hmm. other guys have theirs you get up, you do the same thing every day, and then you move through this process every day, then you become more productive. And when you begin to address issues, mental health, spiritual health, emotional health, physical health, then you begin to see this change happen. And then you you gain this speed and this confidence and this momentum, and then you begin to see things differently and forward-looking, and you're, a, you're able to see the valuation in yourself that God has has had there all the time is just camouflaged with some of this hurt and wound and yeah. some of this weight. Right. That's the, that's the real talk right there. That's mm-hmm. real straight. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's there's a lot of truth in that, and in fact, it's I think it's all entirely true. Mm-hmm. That uh, I like the old verbiage that if you look good, uh, you feel good, and if you feel good, you play good. Yep, you know exactly. So, so it you, is. So you want to you want to keep you know your your you want to keep your outward appearance mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah, right. It's important. It is because you could be as smart as 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 anyone on this earth and as spiritually fit as anyone on this earth but if you're if your outside isn't healthy mm-hmm. there's a void there yeah. and also you're just not you're not uh getting yourself ready to live a long and fruitful life i i would say this to pastors and i would say this to ceos execs entrepreneurs anybody in any field just let me put it out there and my email is barry at fatherseekers.org or keith at fatherseekers.org so fire away but I'll tell you this, that I've seen, I've seen with people that I have more respect with people now since I've lost weight. Yeah. And people listen to me more and they look at me like, well, before it was like. It was, it, I've, I've heard this in the past that it's, it's tough to, to counsel people if you yourself aren't healthy in that arena. And, uh, you know, it like I, I've had a lot of AODA counselors mm-hmm. in my life, be it that I had a yeah. struggle with with uh, chemicals, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you don't see AODA counselors uh, strung out on drugs, mm-hmm. right? True, <laughs> you just don't. True. Most most of which are actually people that have gotten to the other side and are have be- won that battle. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's there's a little bit of it's tough to to speak life. And give yeah. good advice yeah. when you yourself aren't upkeeping yourself. So right. I, I believe that 100%. 100%. So we're in a series here. Uh, we're uh, episode two mm-hmm. of a three-part series that we mm-hmm. are in the middle of called Ordering Your Private World. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, we talked about ordering your private world in regards to time. Mm-hmm. Time, not management. Stewardship. Stewardship. Time yeah. stewardship. If yeah. you didn't get a, uh, if you didn't listen to that episode, um Finish this one out, and then listen to the, the first the first part of this three part series. Uh, today, though, we're going to be talking about talent. Mm-hmm. Now, unpack that for me. So, time, talent, treasure, and in in the the middle piece, the middle uh, word for ordering your private world is talent. And we had a pre pre recording talk as we usually do uh, pre show talk. And we were discussing what most people think talent is. And most people think and understand that talent is your ability and skill set to do something or several things well. Not only that you can, you can give away or you can get paid for. But in scripture, when Jesus talked about talents, he was actually talking about this, the word talent in scripture means a measure of money all right so there's a lot of there's a lot of connection connecting pieces here and and one of that passage of scripture to me is one of the most interesting it's found in luke 19 and matthew 25 where where there's a king that went away on a long trip he left left his servants in charge and he gave one five five talents one three one one and he said now use these well but here's what's interesting about the talent, the word talent. It actually, in in the New Testament, in the Greek New Testament, it actually means, and, and Old Testament, it actually means an amount of about 300 shekels of silver, which is about 75 pounds of silver. And 
And in the New Testament, that would be that would equate to about twenty years' wages. Mm, that's a lot. That's a lot. So someone got five times a hundred years worth of wages. Yeah. Did I do the math on that? Right? Yeah, you did. So, I'm so pretty sure. So, but here's the interesting thing about this particular story: Matthew 25 and Luke 19. Here's the interesting part: is that it's about the money, but it's not about the money. Because talent, time, talent, treasure, talent can also mean in in the Greek, it can also mean the abilities and skill sets that one uses to make money. Okay. So that's the way we define and talent. That's, that's, that's how, how, we, how def- we look at that's it. That's how we define talent today, essentially. Yeah, but, th- but we have to understand with this, Keith, that this is tied together really close. Jesus was not upset. And he was the king in the story. Jesus was not upset about the guys, not the, the guy with the one just burying it. He was not upset about the money that he lost because he's got more money. He's going to be able to invest and make more and he'll make that up. What, what he was angry about and why he said, cast this guy into outer darkness. The reason was he had opportunity. He gave him this opportunity to utilize his capabilities and his capacity and his competency to get more. But he had to use what he had first to not only had what he had first blessed, but to gain more. Mm. All right, here's where where most men lose, they lose the track. I'm going to do what I'm good at. I'm not going to try to do any more. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to stick here. And I'm going to, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do this one thing I'm good at. I've talked to a lot of men and there's some good men who are good at things. They're really good at things and they stick with it, but they don't just keep doing that all their life. They do other things. Yeah. Successful guys. If you look at successful guys, even guys who work at a job for 40 years, they don't just do that job. They they learn other things and they expand and grow in other areas. Do you think, uh, uh, sidebar off that, do you think that um, where there's a lot of men that feel unfulfilled professionally? Oh, bro. Do you think it's because they're not even, they're not even tapping into their potential of their talent, right? I think that that's an, it's an easy one to say, well, they're probably professionally not doing uh, what their talent are called to do. That's why they have this this void, this unfulfillment. But do you think the people that are doing what they're called and talented at? And I, I know uh, many examples here at just our church alone from hearing men talk. Mm. Do you think that their uh, dissatisfaction or unfulfillment is because while they're doing their talent uh, to make money for their family, they're actually doing what that first person did was they're just burying it. They're mm. not letting that talent mm. grow. They're not multiplying that talent. They're just burying it. And while they're burying it, and use air quotes, while they're burying it and still making a living, they're actually reached the ceiling. They, they're not growing their talent. Yeah. I think there's two answers to that. Number one is what you just intimated, and that is that guys get stuck and they just do what they do because they realize that they're shut down. And they, if they don't do this, they won't provide for their family. And if they don't provide their family, then, then who's going to do that? So they get stuck in this rhythm of pressure and, and, 
I have to do this, and then they become miserable. Most guys do anyway. They become miserable with doing the same thing over and over and over again because they know they're made for more. God didn't. God did not leave leave anybody out. He gave us the ability. Here's the thing that we have to remember that the rules of the garden still apply today. God gave us authority to do great things and to manage well the garden. If you just have one vegetable in your garden, you're going to get tired of eating that vegetable all the time. (laughs) So why do guys go out and buy boats and go fish and ride snowmobiles and go hunt? Because there's something in them that cries out for more. Now, there's nothing wrong with hunting or fishing or riding snowmobiles because I love to hunt. I am a hunter by nature. I love to hunt. But if that's all that I lift for, which that's where guys get off track is they do what they do because they're good at it and they make money and they've been into it for several years. So they're higher paid. But then they spend all that that extra on this this thing that they have to distract them or to give them joy. And sometimes we know guys here in our church where they've they've created a couple of side hustles where they make more money to fund their fun, to fund they're fun, mm-hmm. and that doesn't stress the home life. I, I I know even some of those guys that have those side hustles, not for a financial thing, mm-hmm. but for the fulfilling thing, the fulfillment part, the fulfillment of it. They're like, well, I have a I my and you, you to be honest, my wife's in the same boat. My wife, mm-hmm. she's in a job where you know she she's very successful at it. She's very good at it. I'm very proud of her. Um, but there's a lot of conversations where she has with me where she's like, I. I don't know. I don't think I'm called to this. Mm-hmm. And there's that unfulfillment. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean that she's not successful at it because she is very successful. She is what you'd call the breadwinner of our household, but it doesn't make her, it doesn't yeah. fulfill her because yeah. it's not the, the dollar that's going into the bank account that's, that she ultimately needs fulfillment in. Mm. So to your wife, she's like a brilliant woman. Like yeah, she's, she can do what she does in her sleep. Like yeah. it's not, not even, it's not even hard for her. But so she, so, so what she did to get that, to get quote, the fulfillment portion is she serves at the church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Well, she's diligent at serving Mm -hmm. almost like it's another job, but she gets no money from it. Yeah. All she gets is the satisfaction of serving Christ, his, his bride and being with her friends. And so ultimately her cup is getting full, not professionally speaking, but from that fulfillment, from the quote side hustle Mm -hmm. that I know a lot of people that do that. Yeah. That serve at this church and also serve in the community, have hobbies on the side that yeah, they might. I know one person that sells paintings, and mm. he, he's really good. He's a really mm. good painter. Mm-hmm. And could he do it like his full time gig? Maybe. I bet he could. Probably could. Yeah. But he's got such a killer day job that he's like, ah, I do this. It fills. It fills. Quote. Fill. I hear that a lot. Fills my cup. Make a yeah. little bit of money. If I don't make yeah. any money, on it, I'd still do it. Yeah. So I think you pulled two two interesting um, intersections together here, and and that is what what is it that we're good at that if if time, money, geography, restriction, if there were no restriction, what would you do in your life? Yeah, like what what is it that you would do? And I think when we ask that question, then we get a little bit more clear focus on what we're designed to do. Because being designed to do something fills our cup and it helps us become fulfilled. It helps us understand not only the talents and gifts that we have, but also the ability to utilize those and to gain more Mm. 
to, to really it's about the gaining more. It's most people misconstrue that for making money and there's nothing wrong with money, but most people use their gifts to try to make more money. And if you can do something that you love and get paid for it, that's not work. That's vacation. That's fun. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but some people don't understand that or they don't have that privilege, but God made us all more to be able to do things and to be able to go beyond what we do. It also helps us define and think about what I do is not who I am. Who I am mm-hmm. is what God made me. What I do is the platform I use to put food on my table, yeah. but there's more, there's a bigger platform there's a bigger opportunity for you. And I think, I think some guys just give up. Like they just go, you know, I'm doomed. I'm going to retire. I'm yeah. going to do this thing. And, and that's, I, I yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent that I think that a lot of guys, uh, quote, give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, how do you coach out? How do you coach somebody out of the, the giving up portion? You know? Well, I think, I think, I think men are hunters. They hunt and they, they want to as far back as our DNA will go as far back. And we're conquerors and we're warriors. I mean, I don't pick, pick the guy that looks most unlike a warrior. He's designed as a warrior. He's got DNA for warrior, warrior, warriorness. But I think one of the lost arts of manhood in one of the lost arts of, and you know, we need to, we need to plug father seekers here because what we don't want people to think about father seekers is we're just hammering this. Oh my God, we're fatherless. Uh, what, well, you know what you are, but let's go, let's I, move forward. I, I let's, would let's, jump, let's jump forward. This is good for everybody. On, on that, on that note that there's very actual con- rare, there's very few conversations we actually have that actually pertain to being fatherless. Right. But, but about father seekers, our thing is to acknowledge it, to recognize that we were handed and had things sewed into our life. that was beyond our control and we weren't responsible for that. But once we understood what was happening in the fruit of that seed sowed in us, that we had no control over, we become responsible for the fruit and we have to deal with the fruit. And that's what Father Secrets is about, yeah. is dealing with the fruit. Let's let's deal with it. But this applies to every man. Yeah. What we're talking about, it applies to every I, I man. Th- I think most of our conversations apply to every, every man. Every man. Almost, almost to the point where we're, we're in season probably two, mm-hmm. I guess, if we're talking Father Secrets, yeah. like, it's more man, man, yeah. like, yeah. like how, more of a guide of just talking life into men right and we 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 address the fatherlessness thing but but you can you you got to look here's what i learned you got to acknowledge it and define it and name it and then move on with the plan to get get right and Mm -hmm. that's where we're going with all this stuff but back to the guys i think when guys give up i think when they when they just throw in the towel and just stick with what they're doing, not upset the apple cart, not change anything, not imbalance the the way things are. I think we can get we can get dissatisfied. And us I've talked to as well as you and as well as our life group on Thursday nights, there's a lot on occasion, a lot of dissatisfaction that flows to the surface because we've not really figured out what our giftings are. Yeah. What we're good at and what 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 embracing that, embracing that giftedness, that talent, not only to be, have our cup filled, but also to make more provision for our family. It's when, when Jesus gave this guy, when he used the parable and he spoke to the guy and he said, I'm going to give you all these talents. I want you to use them in the kingdom. 
I want you to use them in the vineyard. I want you to use them and multiply them. He, G, God is about, Jesus came to tell us the story of salvation, but also that God is the God of multiplication. It's not just about us and our house, but it's about us, our house, and who our house influences. And it's not just about the money, but it's about the giftedness that he's given us and how we can use that to reach other people and other families. And we can wave the flag at other families and say, hey, I see this happening in your family. That used to happen in my family. Build relationship. Come on over. Take a look at this. That is a gifting, a talent from God, not only how to help and increase and expand his kingdom, but you know what? For some of us, we have the opportunity to create another stream of income doing some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think some guys have shut down on, well, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. I can't do more than two or three things at a time. I can't, I can only do what I'm doing. You know what? You're going to get exactly what you say and what you ask for because every man can do more. Every man wants to do more. And I believe that with all my heart. That, that corny, the corny line though, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, either way, you're right. So your how you perceive yourself is how you're going to project yourself. How you perceive people around you is how you are going to think that that reality is true when it's not necessarily true. There are a lot of truths in this world, but if you believe that you can do these things, then you will do these things. If you believe you can't, even if it's not true, your perception thinks it is, and well, ultimately that's the reality you're going to see. You know what you just said there is probably one of the is probably the one of the things we need to come back to and it's it's this how how I see myself will be directly proportionate to how other people see me therefore my influence and effect on their lives is mm-hmm. equal to how I see myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a and there are there are people that um that would argue that the the perception but I mean almost every psychologist will will side with the approach of if you believe that that is your reality, then that will quickly become your reality if it be real or not. Irregardless of what the truth is, if you believe that, you're going to be stuck in that. So mm-hmm. in that parable, um, who who's who's the right person? The people that uh, in the parable of how many talents was given out and what they did with it. There's a principle I think that's laid out here. <clears throat> And right at the end, Jesus said to the one who has, more will be given if if we use it properly. But to the one that buried it in the ground or the one that just didn't use it or just used it for what it was designed to be used for, mm-hmm. then then he lost. And it was, again, not about making money, although that was a side benefit of this thing. It was, it was instead of having five years... In, in five talents, you got five or a hundred years of income. That guy just increased his income times two. So it's it's about utilizing well the giftings, not only the giftings that God's given us, but the opportunities God's given us. Mm-hmm. And you touched on that a while, just a, a few minutes ago, about seizing every opportunity with our abilities and skill sets to utilize them. Not chase after everything, but like for for Jenna, like she she could she could literally run her own business, but she chooses to be here on Sunday morning to serve. What what we're saying is, and and I think we have to ask ourselves the question: 
if we don't really understand who we are and what we're designed for, we will never look forward beyond who we are and what we're doing right now. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to stick ourselves or hold ourselves in place. And I don't, I'm not sure that guys really, I think they get distracted and disappointed and I think they get stuck and just, just punch the box every day and go through the motions. Yeah. In that, in that parable, it's the one that buried it was scorned because I mean, let's, let's, let's bring it back to talents. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. not let, let's eliminate wages from it, but God has given you uh, a talent and you opted not to use it, but, but bury it in your backyard and have nobody see it, have nobody uh, benefit from it. They were scorned. Now the next man has used the talents as exactly what it was designed for to say, quote, provide for your family. And while he wasn't like scorned and like not discouraged completely, the, the person delivering the talents, it'd be God said, yeah, but you could have done more with that. You know, I never designed you just, I never designed you just to do the bare minimum. But the one that took the talent and invested that talent took and, and did as much as they could to, to replicate that talent and, and multiply that talent, that was the one in the parable that ended up being exactly what God wanted. God, God said, I gave you this talent, and you not only took the talent and used it, but you grew it. You grew it to, to uh, what, I, what, 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 what most people wouldn't have expected. And that's the person in that parable that... that that benefits from that. So we see the problem be that uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys in, in this society that, uh, that take their talents for granted and don't best utilize them. What's the solution then? So uh, I said a while ago, it's five, three and one actually it's five, two and one, Mm -hmm. but, but listen to this. This is, this is really interesting. Uh, This is uh, the servant who received the two talents also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. So not only did he use his ability, see, the investment was the money that that mm-hmm. the king gave. But the guy used his abilities and skill sets and his knowledge and his wisdom to take those two talents out and go and multiply them and get more. Just a little bit, just a little bit more. Yeah. I would say that in, in my day, in like my everyday life, it's, it's doing not necessarily the bare minimum, but enough to, that we could deem that success in today's world. Right. And a lot of men will fall into the, well, I'm, I'm paying for, I'm providing for my family. Mm -hmm. I'm paying for everything I need. Yeah. Uh, I'm what you call a success, but yet I still don't feel don't feel don't feel successful. I don't feel successful, right? And right. That's where that is. Yeah. Right. This the, here's the thing, though. This whole this whole parable is about about working for the master until he returns. It's mm-hmm. about and there's language used here that says like when um, the 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 one servant finally the servant who received the one talent came said, "Master, I knew that you're a hard man reaping." Listen to this. Like he just told on himself, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you've not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid the talent in the ground. See, you have what belongs to you. So so all this guy did was just give back to the master what the master had given him mm-hmm. with no return on it. And then the, the master says, you wicked, lazy servant, 
you knew I reap where I have never sown and where I have never scattered seed. Then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and on my return would have received it back with interest. Even just like you said, just a little, just do something with it. Just do something with it. Like what God has given you, do something with it and watch and see what he does with it, blesses it. And he gives you more. That's the thing. If you use what you have and, and display it and use it for God's glory, God's going to multiply it and give you more. Correct. Yeah. And that's the, the overarching theme of that parable. So how does, so we have established a problem. So what kind of solutions could we give a, a, a man to do more? What we have to do, and I, I know sometimes guys don't like this, and, and most of the time you can't do it well on your own. You can get started on your own, but but you have to have somebody come alongside of you, and that is to do a self-assessment. Who am I? What do I like to do? What am I doing now? What would I like to do in the future? How do I transition to that? And and is there is there a dominant gift that I have that God's given me a talent that I can use to be able to serve the kingdom more? Is there something there that I could use and identify that and begin to utilize that? Even if you're working in a job that doesn't utilize that, utilize what God has given you and watch him multiply and perhaps take you to a place. Some guys, I would even begin to dream about the job that you love and you want to do, whether it's with a company or in an entrepreneurial endeavor Dream about that. Don't 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 allow where you are to be stuck in a hole and not be able to dream. Yeah. That's that's the one thing to do that self-assessment. And look, the second thing is to begin to write down what that thing is or those things and how how could I use these in, in the kingdom? How could I use these to benefit the kingdom? How could I use these these gifts and these talents? these opportunities God has given me through my giftedness. See, our gifts will will provide a way and a place for us. We've got to be able to step into that. But if we never look at it, never move toward it, never step toward it, we'll never go there. We have to go there. We have to look at it. What am I good at? Sit. What am I good at? Sit me in that spot where I can do what I'm good at. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of what am I good at? Uh, I know that as a, as a, a lot of guys will just think, well, I'm good with, I'm good with my hands or you start immediately going to the trades. Like, what can you do in that regard? But what are you good at is, can be, I'm a good listener. What, how, how can I use my listening skills Mm -hmm. to benefit the kingdom? Mm -hmm. How I'm good at socializing with people. Mm -hmm. Now that's not necessarily, I'm going to make money doing that, but how do I, how do I utilize my socializing skills to benefit the, the kingdom? So let's talk about that right there because we talked about money not being the ultimate fulfillment but the necessary tool we need to survive and take care of our family. But then there's this other piece about fulfillment. And one of the reasons that we feel like we have to make more money, we may need to make more money if we have families and probably so. But but one of the reasons that we are always pursuing making more money is that we've not found that thing that brings fulfillment to our lives because – Here's what I've noticed. When I'm fulfilled in what I do, and I've talked to lots of guys this way, when they're fulfilled, 
when they're fulfilled and they're doing what they're gifted at, what God gave them a gift to do, whether they work for another company or themselves, it doesn't matter. There's this fulfillment and peace and confidence that comes with that. And then their money that the money that they make, God gives them wisdom how to make more and he blesses what they have and they invest and they give and they do things they normally could never have done had they not utilized their their giftedness, their talents to to do more for the kingdom with their gifts and opportunities that God gives. Gifts generate opportunities. And then there's this happiness and this fulfillment and this joy once we begin to do those things then our focus becomes, it's taken off of how much money we have, how mu- how little we have, or how much more we need. In that fulfillment, we find peace and we find blessing and God leads us and blesses what we have because we put the kingdom first. Matthew six thirty three, put my kingdom first and all these things will come after and they'll follow you and they'll, and you will have these blessings. What, what to eat, what you don't have to worry about. What to wear? Don't have to. Wear. I'm going to take care of that, but focus on the kingdom. Yeah, uh, as a as a person who's subscribed to that for the better part of my adult life now, mm. um, I, I can't I can't emphasize how that is taken hold. Uh, I, I tithe, my family tithes, and I can tell you that we've never worried about money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those. Boxes checked, money's taken care of. Mm-hmm. We tithe. We don't mm-hmm. think too much mm-hmm. of it. God provides. Um, my talents, I, I have been able to use them in a professional setting because I have o- almost always used them. Not, not that I say I've I've worked at churches or anything because I have only done that for almost three years, just mm-hmm. barely three years. Mm-hmm. But I have used them for good. I've used my talents for for the betterment of the kingdom, and God has always provided me opportunity. Because of that, uh, I have other talents. I, uh, I mean, I, I do the videos here at Life Church, and I, I play in the band. But like, I don't think that those are my strongest attributes. I don't. Th- I think the strongest attribute I have are like the ones I, uh, the talents I said earlier. Like, I'm a, I'm a good listener, mm-hmm. and that's probably one of. I'm very optimistic and a good listener. So God has always provided me opportunity to listen to other to other men. And then give positive influence to them, hmm. and in that regard, that's where I've ganged my uh, what I've been searching for all along, and it's just simply peace. Let me ask you this: because of that, and because of the stepping into the pastor men's pastor role, I noticed this in your life. But do you notice this? I noticed that there's more of a simplicity and a confidence and a free flow, be uh, more so now than there was before. Just because there's this, like, I'm operating where I'm supposed to, I'm operating in peace. And- there, there's an outward confidence more. Yeah. When you know what you're supposed to do and you have your uh, your directive, uh, yeah, you can, you, you, there's, an, there's a boat of confidence that goes with it then. Um, I think the majority of my life I've had imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And- before I stepped that's into a, that's a podcast series. Right before there. I before I stepped into it and said no no this is actually who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always kind of dip my toe in the water. Like I don't know, is mm-hmm. this who I am? Mm-hmm. You know, I was always looking for the exit in every room I went into. Me too. Yeah, right? that's a sign. But when but when I've stepped into this phase of my life, uh, there is definitely more peace, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what I what I'm looking for. Yeah, I would. Uh, I guess you could start by saying you, you I started looking for uh, financial stability and I found it, but I was still unhappy. 
I was looking for a professional success. Oh, and I found it. But then I was still unhappy. Um, but when I submitted fully to God and to his will for me, that's when I got the thing I was always looking for. And that was peace of mind and sanity. Mm. And that was something that evaded me my entire life. I think today I'm more sane today than I've ever been. And there were long seasons of my life where I could, where I would openly admit that I was insane. I would, I would, I would, I feel like that you just gave a general description of every guy. Like, I, I, like I hope so. Feeling like that, I hope so. that process, like what this is what we walk through right here. This is don't if you're stuck somewhere in the middle, here's how to get out of it. I, I hope so because my story isn't unique. Now, mm-hmm. this my story is the same as as countless other men. Mm-hmm. It's just circumstances that, are different. It, just same story. It, it, it's just that the the names and the dates have changed. My story is a story that has that has been told as long as man has been on this earth. But the names That's and good. dates have changed. It's good right there. So it's really good. Yeah, uh, the I don't. I have I have been in long seasons of unfulfillment in my life. Mm. Um, those are always almost always coupled with the fact of me not feeling like I'm living up to what I'm supposed to do. Mm. I have no direction, mm. so I feel unfulfilled. So I feel like I need to do something different mm-hmm. or change my life in some way. That's that's a normal thing for me to feel because I've felt it so much in my life. Yeah. One of the rubs that I feel right now in my life is that that I feel like there are two or three things more that I need to do to invest more in Father Seekers. And I feel like that if I do those things, that we'll move to the next level. But for whatever reason... I'm stalemated. Like, I, what do I do? And and I'm in that static pressure zone. Like right now, I've got to decide to move into this and do it because it's going to take us to the next level. And if there's a guy listening that feels that same way, or you you know that maybe God's told you some things to do, and you just are stalemated and maybe maybe not afraid, or maybe maybe hesitant, or maybe you don't know how. Uh, know that you're not alone because there are a lot of people that feel that way. I think the the truth is when you come out and say it and then ask somebody to come alongside of you and let's yeah. walk through this and work through this, then I think there's the difference. That's that's so know that you're not alone. One of the one of the tools of the enemy is to make us feel secluded and alone, which we're really not, but if we feel that way we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With and we'll we'll wrap up the podcast here on that. Uh if if you're looking for an answer in your life, I, I doubt that it's just going to show up. You know, you can find you can find the answers to your questions, or you I guess you could seek the answers to your mm-hmm. questions in in countless things. Mm-hmm. I guess we started the episode by talking about what's your vices, mm-hmm. and there are men. All, all, every man has an Achilles heel. <laughs> we everyone, yeah. everyone. Uh, yes, we. Barry do. Barry said his was his was food. Mm-hmm. Mine absolutely were substances. Mm-hmm. Um, some men are women. Some men are money. Some men are power. Some men are exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Some men are possessions, boats, and cars, mm-hmm. and homes. Every man's got a vice. Uh, if you don't know what your vice is, you're 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 losing. Well, part of knowing who you are 
and this is a big, a big, if you, if you have one takeaway from today, here's the takeaway, just here's one takeaway today and that's it. For you or, or for me or for anyone else, Keith, anyone else, for, for us to know who we are, we must first know who we are not. Mm. For me to know who I am, I must first know who I'm not and who I'm not is what the negative perceptions I have about myself or what other people have or what I feel emotionally. That's not that I'm not that I just feel that way right now. That's why the self-assessment thing, you got to know who you are. What, how do you figure that out? Look at yourself. What are you good at? What do you want to do? What are you doing now? And are you doing it for God? Yeah. And so we'll wrap it up with this. The, if, if you don't know who you are, um, why, why don't you ask who you are? And you say, well, who do I ask in particular? You, you ask God, who am I? If you knock on the door, you seek him, he'll swing it wide open. He will swing that thing yes, wide open. If, if you don't know who you are, there is one that does. Mm-hmm. And he can and will if you seek him out. Yeah. He can and will if, if you seek him out. And if you don't believe that, your first step is believing that he can and mm-hmm. will if you seek him out. If you don't even have that belief yet, then we're, 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 you, you're wanting answers, but you are so far away from even beginning the journey to get those mm-hmm. answers. Yeah. You, the, when you give your life to God, it is, a, it is an all or nothing sort of thing. Mm. We, a lot of times as Christians, will say, well, you can have some, but I want to keep some. But that's not really how this works. It is an all or nothing arrangement. And we are, we are humans. We're perpetually trying to play God. It, once you submit yourself fully, uh, then the answers will come. Uh, the things we talked about today, the unfulfillment, the dissatisfaction, that's, that is absolutely myself included and everyone included. This isn't, you're not, no one's perfect at this. It's, it's the, you're holding on to something still that God doesn't want you to hold mm-hmm. on to. Mm-hmm. He want, he wants you to physically say, God, take this from me. I've already given it to you. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. watch the door swing wide open. Yeah. And don't be afraid about what you hear when you ask God who you are and what you're supposed to do. Don't be afraid because it will be bigger than you are right now. And it will be overwhelmingly out of, out of your ability and skill set to do. So what you have to understand is you are stepping into faith to ask God that, and then to do it. And the first step is just stepping into faith, faith, trusting that, that he can and will, if you seek him out. So, hey, thank you for uh, joining us for this episode of Father Seekers Podcast. Um, again, this this episode was uh, uh, ordering your private world. We were talking about talent. The episode prior to, if you didn't listen to it, is it's it's on it's on time. It's on stewarding your time. And then next week we're going to be talking and concluding this series. We'll be talking about our treasures, how to manage. Is manage the right word for this sentence? How to how to manage treasures? I would I would I'm going with. Uh, I think there's management and there's stewardship. So let's go with both. Okay. Well, why don't you uh, tune in next week and see which one we ultimately went with. So uh, for, for Pastor Barry, myself, Pastor Keith, I thank you for listening. If you have an opportunity, please click the, uh, the, the like 
the subscribe on this podcast and then type in a good review like, hey, these guys are all right. You should have a listen, period. Send. Um, we would really appreciate that because ultimately the better ratings, the better reviews, the more opportune times that we will be able to get in, in front of people's eyeballs to ultimately get inside their earballs, which will ultimately expand the message of Jesus because that's all we're doing here. We're just giving the message of Jesus uh, to uh, in the doses that we know how. Yeah. So good, like man. and subscribe. Uh, we can't wait to uh, join you again next week. 